You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. I like it. Yeah? Yeah, did you like the the Aberdeen and how they do their show, their showmanship at the beginning of the football games? With the purge where, where they play the the like Hell's Bells dong dong for like I, 10 hours? I actually think you nailed it. I I think it's a cool intro. I think it just drags on. Way like, too long, you, right? If you did it for about a quarter of the amount of time that they do it. Yeah. And then you go, I feel like it would be perfect. Exactly. But it is it is kind of like it's kind of a cool Exactly, and then the purge siren mixes in. They they burst through the banner. Yeah. Um, uh, Montesano and Hoquiam approached that two very different ways. Obviously, I think we know why, because they're coming at two very different sides, talent-wise, to the matchup. Mm -hmm. Hoquiam was like, we're not going to react to anything. We're not going to get involved. We're going to warm up at Olympic Stadium and show up like a half hour before game time. And then when the whole siren thing was going on, Hoquiam was just looking at the flag waiting for the anthem. They burst through the thing, and they were just looking at the flag waiting for the anthem. And I was like... Like, let's not give them any attention yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's not reward this attention-seeking behavior of yeah. these bobcats. Yeah. And then Monty's version was, hey, they started their music. Let's burst onto the field now, getting all jacked up. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> this is the scrimmage. I'm yes. Justin Domashevitz. Daniel Hargrove here with me as well as producer Andrew and Pax, who's like a he's like a consultant. Is that what we'd call him? Mascot. Mascot slash consultant. <laughs> therapy dog. Therapy dog. Wait a minute. I don't need therapy. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's because you have a therapy dog with you. Good oh. point. I also have therapy dogs at home. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I laid with my dog in the hammock for a while yesterday. That was nice. When I say a while, I mean like 10 minutes because (laughs) you never have more than 10 minutes at a time these days. That's all. Uh, Anyway, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. The biggest thing I think we're excited to talk about is high school sports. We had not only week two of football, but also some soccer and volleyball started up this week. And we have some of that in the recap and we'll have a goals update. We're not going to talk Mariners today, except in Stump Daniel. Okay. Because I'm angry. I'm upset. Um, but we do have... Charges getting upset! Some football-related things in what's coming up right now, which is the two-minute drill. So let's, let's go, let's go, let's go, huddle up! Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds, hand the ball around. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three jet buckeye, don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. The current AP college football ranking has eight... Pac-12 teams in the top 25. Actually, the top 24, technically. There are only two Pac-12 teams. <laughs> the current Pac-12, not the future Pac-12. There are only two current Pac-12 teams. Daniel, the eight teams from the Pac-12, the SEC has just five. What? Ready? Go. Are you freaking kidding me? And yet everybody's leaving. This is just a bunch of crap. And it's like I've said... For how long now? The SEC is basically five teams, and then it's just a bunch of doo-doo pants after that. Oh, yeah, quality SEC victory over Vanderbilt. Woo! 
doggy. Meanwhile, this year, the Pac-12 is literally going to beat the snot out of each other, and there's going to be nobody in the college football playoff from the Pac-12, and everybody's going to be like, yep, Pac-12, this is why they're being disintegrated. Nobody can even make the college football playoff. Meanwhile, there's going to be like four teams better than the top two or the other two in there that are just sitting there. Just sitting there. And then Georgia's going to win the national title. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> USC quarterback, thank you, by the way, for just giving me that space. Happy to help. USC quarterback Caleb Williams and his father both have hinted that the presumptive top pick may stay in college for a senior season instead of going to the NFL. I think Brock Hewitt should talk to him about this. Justin, would that be a wise decision? I mean, obviously NIL has kind of changed the game here. And ultimately, it's him trying to figure out what his best landing spot is, because if he does go as the number one overall pick, his first contract is going to be guaranteed like $40 million. Yeah. And that's way more than he's going to get in NIL if he's in college. Yep. So he would benefit financially more from a jump to the NFL if he's very confident he'll be the number one pick. Right. But also... It's very clear he does not want to play for the Cardinals. Like that, <laughs> hey, there's a team that's really bad out there. They're picked two games lower than everyone else by Vegas because they want me for some reason, even though they already have a number one overall picked quarterback that's yeah. signed to a long extension. Yep. Well, couldn't he do the Eli Manning? He can. Have you seen the Eli Manning since Eli Manning? No, I don't think so. Well, people jo- people talked about it with Burrow like it was a real consideration. He didn't do it. I think it looks bad. He just and paid. Yeah, I, I do. I think it would be a wise decision if they're trying to find the right landing spot. But if what they're actually trying to do is raise the floor of what he can make, if he thinks he's going to be the number one pick, just go to the NFL. The Seattle Seahawks lost to the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday, managing just three yards of offense in the second half. Not a typo. Three <laughs> yards of offense in the second half. Daniel, should Geno Smith be benched? I know I didn't get to pay the best attention to this game, but... I, I think there was maybe one play where I watched it and I was like, that's on Gino. Everything else felt like everything was just crumbling around him. I'm not yeah. sure what Gino could have done besides throw it to Jake Bobo on that trick play as he's running wide open down the field, but I think they ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive anyway. So, I mean, it didn't Is really Jake matter. Is Jake Bobo related to Sonny Bobo? I don't know. From Sonny and Cher? What about Mooney Bobo? Hmm. I don't think so. Hmm. DK Metcalf got on on camera being a giant tool. Justin, what should be done about it internally? Well, this is a situation that having somebody like Bobby Wagner back on your roster will help because he's a veteran leader who knows the appropriate way to behave and conduct himself, but also doesn't pull punches when he's talking to anybody. Yeah. But ultimately... It's DK. Sorry. No, you're good. I, I legitimately thought you were done. Ultimately, like, the big thing you need to do is just accept that this kind of stuff's going to happen every once in a while. Like, DK does a pretty good job most of the time. Does he, though? Of containing himself from doing something really douchey. As I but, was saying earlier, when compared to other diva wide receivers. And I think that yeah. is a fair comparison because as Andrew pointed out, this was uh, nobody knows this except us because this was before the show started. People that are as freakishly physically talented as DK tend to have a very diva-like way about them. And he's less douchey than many of those guys. I'm not sure if that's the standard you want to generally hold right? your players to. Exactly. But I, I think I think it will be better for everyone if we just kind of come to grips with the fact that 
we just have to understand that like DK is going to do this kind of crap every once in a while and it's going to be okay. (sighs) As long as it doesn't become a constant thing, like every week he's doing something like this and causing disruptions, then I I think it's going to be fine. Also, as long as he keeps on like work, trying to do better, even if he's, even if we don't see if like, like even if it still happens occasionally, if he's saying the right thing, he's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Okay, that's to, different to me than when you are just going off the deep end. You're so, like, yeah, what of it? We've seen a couple of instances with DK where you're like, dude, stop. But two of them, this being one of them, is worse than the others. He's He learned from the first one where he jogged and got caught from behind. Remember and fumbled? Yeah. Oh, yeah that yeah. was horrible. This one is, to me, worse than any other time he's gotten into fights with people. He flat out cheap shotted someone from behind who wasn't looking. He was a playground that is, bully. That that's not playground bully. That's a punk. Yeah, yeah. That is a giant punk move. A, 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 like you're losing. Yeah, like, like they were losing. And you hit somebody from behind. What? You're not man enough to wait till he turns around, DK, or actually loop around in front of him and hit him. It was kind of from the side. It, if you're kind, being generous, it was from, from the, the side. side. Either way, he wasn't looking. And it wasn't a part of the play. Like, that yeah. was such I a mean, punk when move. when the other guy's not looking is definitively the best time to hit them. <laughs> Technically. Just saying. That is true. Technically. <laughs> but also. I don't know, man. I didn't like it. That, I, that was I a giant punk move. I think if he keeps doing things like he did on that touchdown, where he broke not only the ankles, but the soul of yeah. the cornerback. Yeah. By like that guy was so afraid of DK on a slant yep. that he sold out on the slant and then DK beat him so badly to the fade yeah. that he didn't even try yep. to get back over there. Gino's touchdown pass to DK was the easiest touchdown pass I've ever seen from anyone to anyone in my life. Exactly. Yeah. And that was so, just a one on one. Like that was that was not a scheme thing where he ended up wide open. He created that by himself. I- exactly. So keep doing that and then you can be a punk every once in a while and it's okay. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like. I don't think you should be able to be a punk every once in a while. Like you think, can, you can be a hothead every once in a while. Okay, those are two completely different things. When he's getting into a match with Ramsey yeah. and gets a couple of pe- like personal oh, no, foul he, calls, he went up notches when, for me that day. When, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's gonna happen if he loses his temper and does stuff like that. I, you can do that every now and it's, then if you're going to toast people. You can't hit people from behind when they're not looking. It reminded me a little bit of what that's garbage. That we didn't like about Michael Bennett, and I like Michael Bennett at like generally speaking. But even Michael Bennett didn't player. do it to people's back. Fair, but but like it was come on, kind of, it was the same kind of petty. Like I'm losing and I'm angry and I'm yeah. acting out kind of thing. Yeah, but give somebody a chance to defend themselves. Especially when you're the size that DK Metcalf is. Instead, he goes up to a smaller player and doesn't even give him a shot. Like, I'm sorry. If you want to blow me up because I'm beating you, fine. I'll take the 15 yards. If you do it when I'm not looking and now you just threw my neck out and I'm going to be in and out of the IR all year because I couldn't even brace for it. No, that should not be allowed. If I was, I would suspend him. Okay, I would suspend him. Actually, that might be good because I sort of want the Seahawks to just tank now. <laughs> like, if their tackles are both yeah. out for oh, like, gosh, seriously. again, this is an off mic conversation so, we had earlier. If their tackles are both out, yeah, let let's just 
Let's just tank. Yeah. Trade Tyler Lockett. See what you can get for him. Build something more for the future. You've had like two or three pretty solid drafts in a row. Right. So you got a ton of young talent there. If there's anything you can get for Jamal Adams, who I sort of forgot existed until earlier today. Right. If there's anything you can get for Tyler Lockett that's valuable, do it. Just tank. It's fine. So Pete Carroll did say that I don't remember which was which, but one of the tackles had a sprained toe and the x-ray didn't look bad. Okay. So that, well, that would have been that would have been Abraham. And, uh, no, well, I thought Abraham had the knee, but the other one no, that did was... not injure his knee. He has a knee oh. that has been troubling him. They were resting him in preseason. Okay. Uh, because of that knee and in the second half it was acting up and he couldn't drive off of it and so they they took him out so charles cross is the one who went off on a cart yeah, was that, that the toe that, that must have toe. been the toe that's okay the toe, yeah. well that's promising if it yeah. sounds like it's not that bad agreed and i i heard that like just before you i might it. still consider okay thinking. so seriously <laughs> is it just because they're wearing pads is that why we initially don't think, oh, that's garbage when you go up and hit somebody from behind? No, it was like, garbage. It totally was Imagine garbage. seeing that in any other sport where you're not wearing pads. From the side. Either way, if he's not looking. Yeah. It, so here's... It was a the, punk move. I'm the, not going to argue that. It was a punk move. Not, the reason it is somewhat better because it was before the whistle is that you also are supposed to be looking. You're supposed to be looking behind you. He, he was. He had just been engaged with with him. No, it, what, dude? The play's on the opposite side of the field. In, let me watch this again. No, he's never engaged with him. I thought. That, watch I the thought video. That, Here's the video right there. He's never engaged with him. They're just jogging off to the other side of the field, and DK comes back and hits what, him for no reason. I'm talking about before that part, though. Wasn't wasn't that was he the, covering him, dude? I don't know. They they may have possibly been engaged, I, but I've only assume, seen the part of it when that, they're not. I was assuming that he was covering him during the play, and the play was still going on. And so that's I'm not saying it's okay. It's still a punk move. I mean, it sounds like you're saying I'm it's okay. I'm explaining why it's not as a why he shouldn't be suspended for it. That's what I'm. I would. I also would not suspend him unless I wanted to tank. Yeah, because he's good. <laughs> Okay, same exact, same exact Look, thing. I would bench a dude. As a coach, I would bench a dude for that. Okay. Like, I'd, I'd sit him down and be like, no, you don't get to do that. But but I don't think that it's because it's during the play, and it it probably should have been a 15-yard penalty, but it's I don't think that that is – like, it's you're not so far beyond the pale. It's not a, a second after the whistle blows. It's not – Hitting somebody with so, a helmet. So that guy jogging over. He didn't to, quite uh, get in uh, front of uh, him. So that guy jogging over to a tackle being made on the opposite side of the field is supposed to be like, wait, DK's behind me. I better be looking at him. I would. That's dumb. I wouldn't take That's my dumb. eyes off DK. You, the thing you could tell me is that he should be sprinting over to the ball. But if you want him to be turned around when the play's on the other side of the field, that's dumb. Like, legitimately stupid. Because why would you look at somebody without the ball behind you when the play's on the other side of the field being wrapped up? That was rude. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, why? And having the small amount of football that I've played, there's no way I'm going to be like, oh, there's a receiver by me. That guy's getting tackled across the field. I better turn around because this guy might hit me. 
I think the only point that Andrew was trying to make is that it might be beneficial to have enough self-awareness to know that, like, there's a really frustrated, like, gigantic Thor-like well, man. My who's... assumption is that he made sure to turn his shoulder subtly away from DK at the last second and, and <laughs> made gonna, it look worse. Because that. that's what I would do. <laughs> I agree that you would do that. See, I would think that there's another adult behind me playing this sport. I probably shouldn't assume that he's going to be an idiot. In the NFL? Adults? I mean, they are adults, aren't they? Barely. And only if you are only looking at the age, Daniel. Okay. I mean, many of them You got have, a good point there. Many of them have grown up in a bubble where everyone treats them like they're exactly. the greatest thing in the world when, for their whole lives. Yeah, that's true. So Francis, uh, Francis says to compare that to Watkins' end zone hit on the money receiver... Devil's advocate. No comparison. Says, that was also, a clean. That was a clean football also, play. The question is: Is Courtney a cheap shot artist like her brother, or does Anchor have a ch- <laughs> chance at not being called AH Metcalf in high school? In case anyone doesn't know, Courtney is Daniel's wife, who is yeah. also Andrew's sister. Yeah. So, just so there's some added context for people, there that I was don't, a shot. I don't think Courtney <laughs> is a cheap shot artist, but also I would like well, to point just out, I she's... am not a cheap shot artist. Yeah, he's. A... I am an artist at taking cheap shots. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Daniel, it's much more infuriating. Daniel, the week that you were gone, <laughs> yeah, I sat in that seat, yeah, and I played with that blitz ball the entire show. <laughs> Andrew, remember? Yeah, I did. It's, I was holding not, it up when right? I was making my points and twirling it around yeah. on my fingers. That's and why it's there. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's, it's, a it's like a fidget spinner. Like, visual aid. <laughs> I feel like my take has gone a little too strong. On this, but I did. But then the, the strongest more, part was when you said Andrew was stupid. I'm sorry. I, I did, maybe that's why I feel like. I, maybe that's why I feel bad. But to me, it's I. Did, I don't get like why we're. I don't understand why people aren't more upset about this. Like at first, it was about a it, punk, like it was a punk move, but it wasn't the punkest move I've ever seen. And again, is that just because they're playing a sport where people get? Yes, where it is a violent part of sport. The sport is hitting each other as hard so, as you can, and the whistle had not blown. So, so okay, UFC fighter, UFC fighter. If I were his, if I were the other guy's teammate, I'd be ripping him a new one for jogging before the whistle was over. I'd be like, "What the heck are you doing?" Because he should have been sprinting because across the been, field. The play's still on. I don't care if it's if even if he's you don't think you can get there. You you still have to be aware that the play is still going on. The whistle hasn't blown. Yeah, I understand that, but it never happens. And usually, you don't get drilled from behind. Clarence says, "Deep breaths, Daniel." Thank you, Clarence. Usually, you don't get drilled from behind. Usually. <laughs> um, let's move on to my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. <laughs> Stump Daniel is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. No relation. What's the A stand for? And Daniel, this week we're going to play one of my favorite games. Ooh. It's called Name That Mariner. Ooh, it's been a while. But we're going to do this a little bit differently than oh, we've done it in the past. Okay. So typically, I'll have like six hints or clues. Okay. And I'll give you three. I'll give you a guess. I'll give you another one. I give you a guess. I give you another one. You get several guesses. Right. This time... Is this segment brought to you also by Hum? Kombucha? Nope. <laughs> that would be cool if it was. Just throw that out there. Huh. Daniel, I'm going to give you... a kombucha sponsor. I'll be honest. <laughs> three facts about this player. 
Okay. And you get one guess. Are these true facts about the mantis shrimp? Sorry. Just the way you said three facts reminded me. Did you ever watch those YouTube videos? A guy who would impersonate Morgan Freeman's voice, and he would just say random crazy facts about like these different crazy animals. In my entire life, I've never met someone who went down so many YouTube rabbit holes as you have. That's a good point. So, no, I have not seen those videos. I'm going to force you to watch them before yeah. we leave. If you're those in the comments, watching. if anybody's watching the video right now live, please tell us whether or not you've seen the videos Daniel just referenced. Yeah. I'm facts. curious. True facts about the mantis shrimp. Andrew, have you seen them? Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Well, the I guess I'm outvoted. Oh, wait, Hannah's seen them too? That the koalas have not... Uh, they don't not have evolved the thinky thinky bits. Yes, that's good stuff. Sounds very official. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> it's so good. Daniel, three facts about this mariner brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. What's he stand for? No relation. Okay. Daniel, this mariner do, 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 led the mariners in hits in 2021. So two seasons ago, he led them in hits in, in 2021. This Mariner currently leads this year's team in on-base percentage. This Mariner has hit as many home runs this season as he did in the last two seasons combined. And this season's not over yet. Daniel, you get one guess. I want you to think about it. Take us through your thought process. I think you know the answer. I just spilled on myself, so... I'm a little extra rattled, apparently. I think you know the answer. <laughs> I see it in your eyes that I think you know the answer. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be really surprised if it's not who I think it is. Currently will, leads the team. If it's not who I think it is. Currently <laughs> leads the team in on-base percentage. Led the team in hits two years ago. Yeah. And has hit as many home runs this season as he did the last two seasons combined. Which is actually the stat. I heard it on the Dan Patrick show. That's the stat that got me here. Yeah. Is I was like... I'm going to find a couple more things about this guy because that's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, it sounds like J.P. Crawford. That's correct. Yeah. It is uh, J.P. Crawford. Darn so straight. Oh, that pregnant pause had me worried there for a bit. <laughs> this is an abbreviated version of Stump Daniel, but I just really loved that stat yeah. when I heard it. That's, do you know J- why? J.P. has 15 home runs this season. Last year, he had six. And in 2021, he had nine. And I thought, like, I don't remember him missing a ton of time. I went back and looked. He's played at least 145 games every yeah. season. Yeah. He's just, his power numbers are just way up. Andrew, did you say you know why? Yes. Driveline. <laughs> Literally. Driveline Sports, the company that does all that. They work with Otani, uh, a bunch of other people. Uh, but he spent a ton of time there. And they, they helped him do what he, they redesigned his swing. Apparently. So he's hitting home runs at a pace he's never hit them before, yet yeah. he also leads the team in on-base percentage. Yeah, it's he's <laughs> and he's maybe good. second on the team in like overall coolness. He's second. He's to, right up there. Well, Julio, just Julio, pure coolness. Yeah, Julio. I I hear that there's something about his eyes. Yeah, that's a good point. Intoxicating. I'm actually looking into them right now. No, <laughs> on the side of this Julio's box. <laughs> If you're in the audio-only audience, I'm sorry. Andrew has a cereal called Julio's. Julio! It actually looks kind of gross, and I don't want to eat it. It but is. It has Julio's face on the side, and he is dreamy. Justin, yeah. yesterday morning, 
I uh, found a YouTube playlist of uh, Saturday morning cartoons, including including the ads, and I just watched that and ate Julio's, and it was amazing. Nice. That's a good call. Well, that's going to conclude this edition of Stump Daniel, which is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. The only and thing that would have made that better is if you had a box of chocolate frosted sugar bombs. <laughs> well, anybody was the closest I could get. Yeah. And I saw a commercial for a Flintstones commercial for uh, Fruity Pebbles? No, no, Choco, 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 Choco Pebble? Oh, oh, something. Yeah. I don't remember what Cocoa it was called. Pebbles? Cocoa, Cocoa Pebbles. Pebbles. Yes. Yeah, there you go. I just gave you Fruity Pebbles. How did you not get to Cocoa Pebbles from there? <laughs> Come on, man. We may have broken a record for oh, uh, land speed through the first segment. Yeah. Because we have a lot of local sports to talk about. And I'm going to be honest. I didn't put Mariners in here, and I didn't want to dwell on much of this stuff. It was Because I'm so excited road. to talk about what we have in local sports this week. I'm sorry. There's a kitten, at yeah. least one kitten, cuddling with a giant dog over yeah. there. And it's really cute. Yeah, it's really cute. But Welcome be careful life, because Daniel. last time they did that, I tried to go take a picture and Pax got excited that I walked over there. Yeah. And so he stood up and then the kitten ran away and then it was all ruined. Right. Pax was like, a person? Will you pet me? Meanwhile, the cat was like, a person run away. Yeah. No, the cat was very indifferent about my presence, but also was annoyed by it. Yeah. Simultaneously. Yep. Um, which also is the reaction most people have towards me. <laughs> so we have a lot of high school sports to talk about. Hannah's nodding her head over there. Uh, a lot of high school sports to talk about. We're going to do a full roundup. Daniel and I were at the Monty Aberdeen football game, and we're going to talk about that quite a bit. We have a goals upda- update, and we have the very difficult task of naming an athlete of the week from some very deserving deserving candidates. So before we do that, let's take a quick commercial break. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Sorry, we're Daniel and I are just doing stomp over here. <laughs> Could you pick up me tapping the blitz ball? Definitely. That? Yeah, that started Justin on that. I apologize. No, it was good. I was also at Loggers Play Day. Should should we uh, maybe one of the athlete of the weeks is isn't that? Oh, do we? In there's Loggers a dude who's, Play Day. Yeah, he straight up ran up the pole, man. This one That's guy. That's crazy. Was a ball involved? No. So it's, well, not, it's a not a sport. <laughs> If there's no ball or ball equivalent, like a ball or a puck. Dude, we've talked about powerlifting. Is a frisbee on this show. Powerlifting is not a sport. Competitive preparation for sport. No, like it's it's a competitive activity. I'm not going to call it a sport. What about track and field? Oh my gosh. Shot put and discus and javelin are sports. Guys. (laughs) Guys. The, the what is a sport conversation is for off season, right? We, we're in season right, now. Sorry, my bad. We have actual. But I love it though. To and talk about. I think we solved it last time we talked about it. I can't remember. Yeah, but I'm sure we did. <laughs> yeah. If, um, hey, if there's a problem, the fireworks you know, show. Check out the hook awesome. while my DJ revolves it. Ice, ice, baby. Gosh darn it, <laughs> Daniel. Daniel was like, "Where is he going, Where with, is this? going with this?" Oh, <laughs> golly. golly gee, Batman. All right. 
Is it time? Let's do it. All right. I'll read the first one. The Local Sports Roundup. Led by an all-around great performance by senior quarterback Jackson Wilson, Montesano Gee, took... I wonder why he read the first one. <laughs> Montesano took down <laughs> Aberdeen 38-7 on Friday at Stewart Field. Wilson passed for 249 yards and two touchdowns, both to Mason Rasmussen. That's a name we're going to talk about later. Oh, yeah. Wilson rushed for 54 yards and another score and intercepted two passes on defense. Dose. Rasmussen had a breakout performance with seven catches for 184 yards, including an explosive 80-yard catch and run and a 59-yard bomb in the second quarter. Both went for touchdowns. Gabe Bodwell led the Bulldogs in rushing with 61 yards and two tutties. Peyton Domashevitz led Monty with led Monty's defense with two sacks. No relation. Aberdeen's Aiden Watkins led all rushers with 84 yards on the ground. Adonis Hammonds scored the Bobcats' lone touchdown on a 27-yard pass from Grady Springer. Both teams will be back in action on Friday. Montesano will make the long trip to Columbia White Salmon, but you have to go into Oregon and then come back into Washington to get there. It's weird. And Aberdeen will travel to Centralia to beat to hopefully beat the lowly Tigers. <laughs> yes. Student sections from that game also on point. Sticking with We're gonna football. talk about that too. Good. Sticking with football. P.L. Willapaw Valley improved to 2-0 with a hard-fought 22-20 win over a tough Anna squad on Friday in Menlo. Crockstad Field. I like that place. It's a good spot. The Titans scored all 22 of their points after halftime. Tyson Portman led PWV with 98 rushing yards. That's the opposite of the Seahawks. Cody Strozik <laughs> scored two rushing touchdowns and Nate Fluke Added another score as he juke his way on the ground. A fluke the, juke? A fluke juke. The Titans will be back in action on Friday in Wakayakum. Speaking of Wakayakum. Another Pacific County football team picked up a win on Friday. Raymond South Bend bounced back from a week one loss with an explosive 62 to tight 62 to 29 win over the aforementioned Wakayakum. Wakayakum. Farrell Johnson recorded his second straight stellar performance for the Ravens with 169 rushing yards and two touchdowns on just 12 carries. He's good. Robbie Stegall also had just 12 carries and racked up 136 yards and two scores for RSB. Austin Snodgrass threw just three passes, but completed all of them for 55 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. Nice. One to Christopher Quintana and one to Isaac Schluter, and if I got that wrong and someone knows, please let me know because I it was spelled two different ways oh, no. in the article. So I went with the one <laughs> in the same article? Yeah. Oh uh, no. Uh, so Snodgrass also scored once on the ground as well. Snodgrass, excellent. Farrell Johnson, really good two weeks in a row. He rushed for over 200 yards in week one. Yep. RSB will host Ilwaco on Friday. Hoquiam's football team notched its first win of the season on the road at Fort Big Fort Vancouver. The Crappers. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on Friday, Xander Jump led the Grizzlies on both sides of the ball with four rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown, and a pick six. No further <laughs> details were available at the time of this podcast. Except for uh, Xander just dominated. Yeah. Hope we will host LaSalle on Friday. We could just call that one the Xander Jump Show. Yes. 
Elmo's football team fell to Cascade Christian on the road on Saturday, 40 to 20. The Eagles scald, scored, scald, what's wrong with me today? The Eagles scored all 20, is it just today or do I do this a lot? I think it's worse today. Okay. The Eagles <laughs> scored all 20 of their points in the fourth quarter. Carter Studer connected with Isaac McGaffey for two touchdowns and Dayton Brooks for a third. McGaffey. Brookins. Brookins. Thank you. There you go. McGaffey, just a sophomore, caught five passes for 230 yards in the game. Wait, what? Yeah, that's like 46 yards a catch. Holy smokes. Accounting for all but 56 of Studer's 286 passing yards. What? Elma will host <laughs> Castle Rock on Friday. Do you remember after the Jambo when I said there was a sophomore? <laughs> the Jambo. The Jamboree. Do you remember when I told you there was a sophomore from Elma who stood out athletically and he didn't make a lot of plays, but when I watched him, I was like, dang, that kid's an athlete? Yeah. Isaac McGaffey. Ah, good to know. From the gym. No, I can't bring myself to The Jambo. Nope. Moving to girls soccer, <laughs> Elma opened its season with a 4-0 home win over Adna on Tuesday. Not surprised to see no score on there. Uh... Beta Valentine scored a hat trick for the Eagles and assisted on the other goal, that's quality, which was scored by Miley Seberg. Another Seberg? Elma improved to 2-0. A lot of Seabergs running around in Elma. <laughs> the season with a 5-0 win over Centralia on Thursday. Valerie Echeverria scored a hat trick for the Eagles and assisted on the other two goals, both scored by Valentine. It's going to be a really fun season for soccer in East County because Montesano and Elma both have really solid squads. Elma is the reigning district champion, and I'm really excited to see what will happen with those teams moving forward. Speaking of Montesano, speaking of, they continued their impressive start to the soccer season with a 4-1 to win at Kingsway Christian on Thursday. Ada Potts scored two goals for the Bulldogs. Michaela Stanfield and Jalen Butterfield added a goal apiece. The Bulldogs played Seattle Academy to a one-to-one tie on Saturday and came away with the dub after winning penalty kicks 4-2. Potts scored the goal in regulation and one of the OTPKs. She's having a heck of a season so far. In volleyball, Hoquiam opened its season with a 3-1 win over Toledo on Tuesday at Hoquiam Square Garden. Caitlin Broadhead recorded 33 assists, 12 digs, and four aces for the Grizzlies. Leanne Bratt led Hoquiam with 14 kills. That's not nice. Hoquiam. (laughs) Not literal murder. Okay. It's when they spike the volleyball really hard and they score a point. I know that's what it's called, but I feel like (laughs) you're going to get a really crazy nickname if you get a lot of kills after a while. Uh, Hoquiam hosted Rochester on Wednesday and came away with a 3 to nothing win. Is that after 2 Wednesday? It is. Okay. Broadhead had 23 assists and 12 digs. Lexi LaBounty went 15 for 15 in service and had 18 digs. Aberdeen opened its volleyball season with a 3 to nothing win over Elma in Aberdeen on Wednesday. Lily Camp, that's a name we know, led the Bobcats with 12 kills. So that's a lot of kills, too. And she's not a murderer. We're just talking about (laughs) spiking a volleyball. Ace. Cameron Michaud had a team best 24 assists for Aberdeen in that one. And the Bobcats continued their success on Thursday with a 
hard-fought and well-earned 3-2 win over Tonino. Annika Hollingsworth led the Cats with 20 kills. Camp and Savannah Strickland added 13 kills each. And that will conclude the local sports roundup. I do have a goals update. Yes. Which I'm going to give you... I got a message from Coach Daniel. Okay. That... I loved so much that I'm mostly just going to read it. I think he's okay. watching. If he has he, the Grace Harbor Goals FC Academy as his... Uh, his it's as possible. His That's either YouTube Coach Daniel or name. Coach Eddie. I'm not sure which one. Well, he says you guys rock. Yes. Thank you. I think he's probably talking about you two. <laughs> in my experience, I would say he's talking about Daniel and Andrew. Because people don't usually say nice things like that about me. Yeah, but I would assume he's talking about you since you're the one who actually puts together all the information about their stuff. You know, people only know that because you say it all the time. Oh. (laughs) Maybe I should stop saying that and take some credit. Yeah, do it. That's what I would do. (laughs) Like you took credit for your son's sack last week? Yeah. I did also. I told... so. Did you force an interception this week? Quick sidebar. I didn't... Force the interception. <laughs> I'm taking half an interception. So Peyton had a play where he rushed the quarterback and he rushed him so hard that the quarterback floated a pass up and then Gabriel Pahala yeah. got the interception. Yeah. And so I talked to Peyton and I was like, hey, you should take credit for half the interception, like publicly. Right. Just do it. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah, I and he said, pick on that no, one. dad, I'm not going to do that. I pressured the quarterback. I did my job. Gabe got the pick. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. So I went up to Gabe's got dad. pressure. I didn't go up to Gabe because Gabe's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to be like, Gabe, I'm going to take half your interception away. Right. So I went up to Gabe's dad and I was like, I just want you to know that publicly I'm going to take half of your son's interception. Because right. Peyton didn't want it. So it's like you, you find a penny on the ground. You pick it up. There's a half an interception on the ground. I just picked it up. I'm taking it. It's mine now. Just scooped it. Except yeah. for I'm pretty sure that was still in Paula's pocket. So you're just you're not... Picking just, up a penny, you're just stealing it from don't somebody. Don't tell Gabe I said that. Because, <laughs> as I mentioned, he's actually pretty tough. I'm going to tell him personally. Dang it. <laughs> so I have some goals updated info. And okay. I'm very happy to get this. Um, so their, U, their boys U10 team lost their opener 3-0 to nil in a match against... This is a cool team name. It might be too late. Why? Gabe, Gabe might be watching. Uh-oh. I was going to say, I, I hope Gabe's watching. There's right multiple now. <laughs> Gabe's. Which one is it? Uh, okay. Pahala? Oh, no. Yeah, okay, so it's Pahala? <laughs> yeah. uh, you're printing. How, how did we. I think I said Pahala. I mean, Pahala, Pahala. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure he'll tell us. I think yeah. actually, probably technically, Pahala is, okay. is probably right. But you were But just... I've known Gabe since he was knee high to a grasshopper. And we've always said it as Pahala, but it could just be because I'm lazy. Gotcha. So I don't want to, pref- <laughs> but they, the team calls him pie, which if you noticed that one point, Daniel, this is another sidetrack during the game. <laughs> there was a team. There was a time that the punt team came on the field, right? That was because when, yeah, what the heck was that about? That actually? was because was down. when the regular fullback, another Gabe Bodwell ran off the field, Everybody somebody yelled, somebody yelled pie, pie. <laughs> To get the backup fullback, which is Gabriel Pahala, on the field. Yeah. And several of the guys thought they were saying punt, punt. <laughs> so the punt team ran onto the field. I saw that. And needless to say, Coach Jensen was annoyed that yeah. they didn't know it was third down. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was like, are they going to do a quick kick? What's no, going on? That was a pie punt, the classic pie punt scenario. <laughs> you know, you just mix up pie and punt. Now it happens I want, all the time. Now I want. 
pie. to have an oh. offensive system that just has a whole like a whole book of plays for the punt team to play on third down just to mess with people. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the most part in Monty, the punt team is the offense, except for like I think one person that switches in. And also the offense is the defense. Yeah, for the most part. I think what there's <laughs> there's a few kids who don't, there's don't start both three, ways. There's three starters. There's three offensive yeah. starters all on the offensive line, and then there's three kids on defense who don't start yeah. on offense. And so I think back to Aberdeen the goals update, the which I have now sidetracked from twice, yes. and I apologize. I was just <laughs> going to say the team that the boys U10 league team lost to had a really cool name. It's Liverpool FC International Academy. That's are they lot. from England? Yeah, are they from England? Liverpool, England? Or no Liverpool idea. Somewhere but else? that's the name of oh, their team. Neat. Um, they lost 3 to nil, but Coach Daniel said they played hard and had some great moments, which is always what you want out of a loss, that you have some way that you can not only build on what you did during that game, but also have some teachable moments right. moving forward that you can learn from it. The uh, U14 girls team lost their away opener 3-1 to in a tense match where the girls held much of possession but conceded to a great goal and a deflection. Um, Anna scored the sole goal for the goals in that one, uh, and then... Shortly after the half, it became two to one through an unlucky deflection, and the match ended three to one. But the girls played great, and I think because uh, this is their first match in a ten-game season, they have a lot to build on going forward. So now this is where we get to the point where, like, Coach Daniel sent me, he sent me a long recap of the of the boys U15 team. Okay, it's good. <laughs> All right, so Go I'm going it. to read it and give him full credit. So the boys U15 team we've talked about a lot. Yep. They played their fourth match in a 10-game regular season. They play, they were playing versus, I'm going to say NORTRAC. It's all in capitals, so it could be some kind of acronym. I don't know. But NORTRAC, Sparta, Tacoma. Uh, and there was a tense match. It went back and forth with Sparta hitting often on the counter. And the goals controlling possession in their half and the middle. The defense and Mauricio, who is the goalie we've talked about a lot, were tested often early on, but stayed calm and composed, which is something they Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. That's uh, a, a Nortac. Yeah, staying Nortac. calm and composed when they're attacked is something that they have been working on to improve early in matches, and the game was 0-0 or nil-nil at half. While still nil-nil, an incident occurred, resulting Uh-oh. in both teams going down to 10 players on the field. Was it a DK Metcalf type incident? I have no further information, but I'm guessing. We don't need to know. Okay. The match continued <laughs> with but it is important that there's ten guys on the field for the rest of the for the rest of the story. Okay. So the match continued with less than ten minutes and the bigger field with one player less. The game opened up. As I was reading this, I'm just gonna say like I started to feel tension. Dude, as yeah. I was reading it, like I was reading a story. By the that, way, I like closed my eyes for a minute there because yeah. I'm like picturing. You can this, do it like, if you I'm want to. There's more. To there's more. So <laughs> With one player less, the game opened up and both teams started attacking each other intensely. Not like literally, but with soccer. Oh, I thought you were going to say with swords. No, not swords. No, not swords. Uh, No samurai swords out there. Yeah, they attacked each other in soccer ways. Michael Garcia (laughs) broke through the middle on a ball over the top and beat two defenders. Oh, yeah, he did. Are you picturing it? I'm picturing it. The keeper rushed out and Michael managed to control and hold the ball up now being pressed by two defenders and the keeper near him as he turned and looked up he saw Hebron near the top of the box oh yeah 
who played the ball, who he, who he played the ball back to. Jabron, or I'm sorry, Hebron. There's a Jabron in Aberdeen football, and it confused me for a second. Yep. Hebron received the ball and took a shot going underneath the keeper who made the save, but it wasn't enough as you're picturing the keeper making the save, right? Right. right. But it wasn't enough as the ball rolled over the line and into the net uh, for a 1-0 lead. Wow. The goals saw, saw out the remaining five minutes and had several more chances with Michael creating and controlling the final moments and almost making it 2-0 on multiple occasions and the keeper making great saves. That guy who almost stopped that ball yeah. that rolled over the line made more great saves. Gotcha. So they held on for the 1-0 win Gosh. to take their record to the season to three wins and one loss. Seven goals, seven goals scored, seven assists against I'm so bad today your words are not great what's wrong with me read the words Justin seven goals scored seven against I wish I have done like I wish that I have broadcasted soccer games because I really feel like that story needs like a play-by-play call of it and I don't quite feel confident enough to just do it like I feel like if you would have read me that great of a description about a football play I would have just jumped into a call of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just a little self-conscious enough now, knowing that Coach Daniel is also watching, <laughs> that I don't want to try it and then embarrass myself. Well, Hebron has four <laughs> goals in four games in this Premier League they're playing against. Uh, that's Hebron Garcia, in case anyone yep. doesn't know. JB Fabian has the other three. Michael is the top assister for the goals right now with three. And uh, three other players on the rest of the assist list, uh, Luis, Talon, and Yvonne. And I, I I really like the way that Coach Daniel, like he likes to put the players forward. He likes to make sure that they get recognition for what they did. Right. I think the other thing he pointed out as I'm not going to continue reading word for word, but I want to just recap that like this league that they're playing in is a very high league. Yep. So like essentially this is a group of kids who have been identified as you're too good to play in normal leagues. Right. We're going to put you in a league that's four leagues higher than the league that you're in. And then a bunch of these kids have also been, they've been playing on like that surf team. Like yeah. they've, they qualified for that surf team. So they're playing on an additionally higher team yep. that could lead to like bigger and better soccer, soccer things for them. Or Basically, football. football is life. Football is kids. life. Yeah. Football Danny is life. Rojas, 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 Rojas. So I think it, I want to like really highlight the accomplishments of these kids because yes. this is some this is some kids locally that we have who have been accomplishing something at a level that's above the level. Like there's a lot of sports <laughs> yeah. that happen at a level. They've gone another level above that level. And now they're there. This is a league that they went into thinking like, OK, this league's really good. Yeah. Let's not be bad. Right. Like, let's hope if we if we go into this league and we're average, we did a good job. Right. They were currently after that win at the time they were in first place, top of the league. Jeez. There was another result they were waiting on to see if they were going to get knocked back down to second, basically. Yeah. But that's nuts. After getting kicked in the mouth and having five goals scored on them in their first uh, first match right. in this new Premier League, those kids bounced back and they've won three in a row. And they're playing at a level that I'm not sure if even like themselves or the people who are their biggest advocates would have known they were capable of. Right. And they've they've just achieved at such a high level. So I want to make sure that we continuously let those kids know that what you're doing is really cool. 
and we're proud that we get to talk about it. Absolutely. So congrats to the Grays Harbor Gulls. Uh, we did have a Man of the Match nomination for Athlete of the Week for Michael Garcia. Okay. And uh, we will definitely be having more goals updates down the road. That was Michael's third assist in four games. Nice. Man, it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be weird because we're used to hearing those names with just silly numbers. Yeah. But now they're playing against yeah, really like, good competition. Oh, hey, Michael scored six goals. And then it's like week after week we're like, all right. Like, right. how seriously am I supposed to take that? <laughs> yeah. Were you playing against 11 garbage cans or <laughs> were there people on the field? <laughs> but that's a good point because now we know, you know like the numbers are going to kind of balance out to where they look like normal good numbers. Exactly. Normal good numbers instead <laughs> yeah. of ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Against 11 garbage cans. Again, Let's move on. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll start listening and watching some some soccer calls mm-hmm. so I can so if I get another description like that, I, I feel more comfortable just launching into it. But right now, all I'm picturing is like, uh, you know, just Ted Lasso parts. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> eh, I probably shouldn't use that as my <laughs> as my going launching off point into soccer announcing. I picture everything that I get from Coach Daniel as Ted Lasso. Yeah. I I hope he takes that as a compliment because like I'm not saying you're a soccer dummy. I'm saying like I picture Jason Sudeikis when I read that it was in Jason Sudeikis's voice. So that's a compliment. I love it. Well, he did say that he was all for Daniel uh, doing play by play of uh, of like I'm just winging that or actually going to one of their games. And he doing said, play I'm play. for it. That's okay. what he said. I, well, I think I, I think I'm probably going to say he's he's probably more <laughs> willing for me to actually describe what I'm seeing on a field instead of describe what I'm hearing and then seeing in my imagination. He yeah. says confirmed Ted Lasso is a great reference point. Okay. Good. okay I like good. it. Okay. I think uh, one of these days we're going to go watch these kids play in person. I can't wait. Um, you because, should sell it to, on the radio. The radio station should sell some soccer games. Well, whether we done a couple, whether it's broadcast or if we just go like watch it and cover it, I want to do it. But like every time they've had home matches, we've not been a bit. It's been scheduling conflicts, and we haven't been able to make it work. So, but that's going to happen. Yep, at some point, Uh, absolutely. And at least for a little bit, like if I hold up a phone and record it and do play by play of like a two minute stretch, we go live on Facebook. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, or YouTube's. Yeah. Coach Daniel says, actually come out to a game. Youth games are free, but men's teams cost. Right. Mm. right. I always forget about the men's team. I have a media pass. so. <laughs> also, I've learned that pretty much if you walk anywhere confidently with a camera. So this is another it's funny true. story, and it's a sidetrack. Okay. So at Montesano, <laughs> at Montesano, there's a there's like a photography class, right? So the teacher there is Sean Donnelly, and he's great. And he, gotcha. he goes to the games and takes a lot of pictures. But also what happens is he encourages the kids in the class like, hey, let me get get you some equipment and yeah. you can practice by coming and shooting the games. That's, that's awesome. super cool. Yeah. And that's great. there was one kid on the sidelines at one of the other at one of the home games in Monty. Right. And I was telling he was telling me like, man, I just had a camera and I just walked in. It was really cool. <laughs> I've been down here on the field. Nobody even questioned me. Nobody looked twice. And I was like, dude, that's not just this field, man. That's- Walk anywhere confidently with a camera. I've been in the White House when the Obamas were sleeping. Like you can go anywhere you want to go. You walk confidently with a camera. And then this week when we were in Aberdeen, that same kid came up to me and yeah. he was like, 
Man, you were right. I just walked through the gate. I had a camera in my hands and nobody even said a word. Yes, it's true. Even if you have a baby strapped to you, like Courtney walked into the state tournament, like onto the floor with the camera at the basketball tournament a couple years ago. And she had a like a six month old strapped to her chest. That's quite a feat. I feel like that might make people even less likely to mess That's with true. you, though. That's a good point. Like, <laughs> Well, what happened to you, Daniel, when you walked into the party yesterday with your baby? Oh, my gosh. Did you hold your baby for the rest of the party? I held my baby for about 30 seconds throughout yeah. the entire birthday party. <laughs> Happy birthday to Diana Damashevitz, by the way. Yeah, that's my mother. Uh, huge impact on my life. Yeah. She's amazing. But, yeah, I walked in, and your wife mm-hmm. came up and said, Hey, can I hold the... She didn't even finish the sentence. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't acknowledge the sentence yet. And my baby was out of my hands. Yeah. It was like, can I hold the baby gone? And I was like, oh, you going to finish that? I think so. He's like, nope. <laughs> and then, yeah, my baby was passed around a lot. I almost felt like a bad parent at one point. Because I was like, I think I should probably hold my baby for at least some percentage of this thing. No, you're good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to you the just part have to of hold the baby all the, of the rest of the time. Yeah. The part of the show that Daniel, I know you and I have been looking forward to the most. Yeah. Definitely me. Probably also you. Let's recap this yeah. Montesano Aberdeen game in which Monty came out with a thirty-eight to seven victory, which I don't think any any of us were surprised that Monty won. Right. There was a little bit I of surprise that the at the margin of victory. Yeah, Andrew was the only one who picked against Monty in our right. weekly pickup. I was really hoping. Yeah. I will say that. So I I think I might have been the. Did I have the closest pick? I think I'm, so. Or just the lowest scoring pick. I think you was it like fourteen to seven. Fourteen or seven. Yeah. Right. So when I watched the game last year, and I should have remembered that there was a ton of players for Aberdeen last year who I really loved that no longer play there. So I probably yeah. should have kept that in mind. Um. But my remember, what I remembered from last year was besides Bodie, mm-hmm. Monty couldn't really do anything on offense. It was basically three Bodie bombs yep. that he just got over the top of the defenders and then one weird wedge play that ended up with the quarterback bursting right. out the other side for a long touchdown. Right. Everything was explosive burst plays. Right. Not right. sustained offense. Nothing was sustained. Yeah. Aberdeen's defense was really good. Yeah. I had just watched Aberdeen against Hoquiam, and I know Hoquiam's not expected to be good this year, but the speed on Tell their back... Tell that to the Fart Vancouver Crappers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're running with that. Uh, I mean, potty humor. It's kind of my thing. Yeah, fart Van Crappers, for short. Oh, I like it. Oh, next, I'm going to use I don't that ride in, I don't want to ride in the fart van. <laughs> well, I was taking it's it not like, not like a crappers. Linden person, like... The Van Crapper. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Mm, my name is Van Crapper. Oh. What's your first name? Fart. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about how this team... Aberdeen is... They have a lot of speed behind a lot of size. Yeah. And last year we saw their defense play really well for the most part besides a bad matchup. And I was like, they're going to come into this game with a game plan to not just let people run by them. That might have been the plan. And that was definitely the plan. Didn't work. It was not executed, and maybe we should question the plan. I don't know, but... 
I wouldn't leave receivers who are very talented single covered. <laughs> I don't know. Not saying that that was a huge part about this game because Monty just did find a very consistent offense and sustained drives. Yeah. Like it wasn't just the big and, plays. You know, multiple people pitching in. Exactly. It wasn't just Bodie this time. Yeah. So I think that surprised me a little bit that Aberdeen's defense couldn't handle Monty's offense better than they did. Mm -hmm. That surprised me. I think the biggest thing that I mentioned during the game also was one team is overcoming penalties and one team is getting killed by them. Yeah. And let's see, I had Aberdeen. I had them both. Well, Aberdeen I had for nine penalties and Monty I had for eight. There was a point with Monty where I felt like the wheels were starting to come off. Yeah. And the penalties were mounting up and creating big problems. And then they scored an 80-yard touchdown on third and 30. Dude, third and 30. That play... So that's the, that is the microcosm of exactly what you're saying, yeah. which is that that was a team that overcame their mistakes. And you know why it was third and 30 and not fourth and 20? Because Aberdeen committed a penalty. Hmm. Because on the previous play, both <laughs> teams... isn't both, happening. Both teams committed plan penalties hmm. on the previous play. And instead of it being... Mm -hmm. Aberdeen declining the penalty because then it or Monty no it would have been Aberdeen declining a holding and making them punt on fourth and twenty yeah instead of that happening it was replay the down at third and thirty and Mason Rasmussen catches a stupid receiver screen we're gonna talk about Mason and runs Rasmussen. eighty yards down the field on third and thirty yeah for a touchdown real fast that was bonkers yeah. you told me specifically don't sleep on Mason Rasmussen. And, and don't sleep put, on his speed. I put a lovely little pillow on Mason Rasmussen and like <laughs> cuddled up with a bunch of blankets. Yeah. That's how sleepy I was on him. And then he just dominated that game. Yeah. Like Bodie had a nice play. And then I was like, oh, here it comes. Another another bunch of Bodie bombs today. And then he basically disappeared and Mason was everywhere. I think Bodie caught three passes. Two, two or three. Something like that. Um, he had the one big one yeah. early in the game. It wasn't a touchdown, but it was probably about a 30-yard play or so, something like that. And he made a good catch on the sideline, tiptoed and got mm -hmm. his feet in before he went out of bounds. And there was definitely at least one other one where he caught a hitch route for a first down late in the game when Monty right. was trying to milk the clock. Yeah. I, I would assume after what happened last year that Aberdeen was extremely aware of what Bodie could do. Exactly. And made sure that they put some something in place to, to not let that happen again. Mm -hmm. But Mason is, and only a junior, so you get another year of Mason Rasmussen here. Um, Mason has always been like a, like a slender, small-framed kid. He doesn't look like it anymore. He's not anymore. He's 6'1", 181. He's very strong. Oh, my gosh. And he ran, I, I can say with about, like, 85% confidence because I'm not positive about this, but I think he ran the second fastest 40 for the team on right. the testing day. So I was like, when I said don't sleep on Mason, I was like, the, the, the reason I said that was because, okay, well, Aberdeen watched Bodie right. have bombs last year. Yes. They're not going to let that happen again. Yeah. But there's a guy on the other side of the field, often, yeah. <laughs> who has great speed, yeah. is fully capable. 
and no one really knows what he's capable of yet exactly. except for people inside the organization yeah so this was the recipe for a mason rasmussen pop-off game yeah because you have someone who as a junior especially since Bodie also went off against black hills exactly yeah so you have a, a guy who as a junior you don't the other team doesn't really know what he's all about but he's fully physically capable of doing it yep. and then he just went out and he proved it on the field so the first touchdown he had that was a, a straight go route there's actually if you if you have the daily world like online if you don't have it what's wrong with you go subscribe to the daily world online there's <laughs> lots of really good sports coverage we do Ryan Sparks the the editor who was there taking photos got an amazing picture of Mason like when the ball's about to fall in his hands. Nice. Jackson Wilson threw an absolute dime on a go route yeah. down the sideline. Led him perfectly so he could keep full speed going. And at that point, the only person who on the field who's going to catch Mason Rasmussen plays on his team. <laughs> so when Mason has the, the space and yeah. the momentum, yep. I'm sorry, but he's gone. So that was a great play. Sorry, there's a tail hitting a, one side of the table and literally yeah. knocked my drink back more onto the table. It's either a dog or a polar I, bear. I look across the table diagonally and there's yeah. a head sticking out the other side on Jason's lap, Justin's lap. Does it look like a dog or a polar bear? Uh, from this angle and the size of the table, I'm going to say polar bear. Yeah, that's a good one. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's... So for, so for Mason, like he had that, that go route. Like He proved, okay, I can torch you over the top. Yeah. The third and thirties play, that was a tunnel screen. That was a that was, was like it a, even a tunnel screen. Yeah, it was like a at the line of scrimmage. They threw the ball out to the right. He had a couple of blockers over there, but there was like you could see if I, I showed, he went to the outside, not the inside. Isn't a tunnel to the inside? I don't know where he actually ran. Okay, but the idea was. It's a tunnel screen. Gotcha. Okay. So Mason at that like if you looked at the picture that I took of Mason running towards me. There's seven Bobcats in it. Yep. It's not like Mason caught a ball and had a free and clear 80 yards to run to the end zone. Right. He was so fast and not able to be tackled by hands and arms that he ran through everyone. Yep. And nobody nobody took the right kind of angle that they needed. There were several players there who could have made a stop. Nobody was able to do it because of the physical ability of Mason. It was nuts. And he took it 80 yards to the house. Yeah. And he was about 10 yards into it when there was still three guys around him. And in my head, I went, oh, he's gone. Yeah. Because I just, I mean, you know, you know what he's capable of. Also, I coached Mason in coach pitch baseball when he was eight. His dad so brought that up to ever since the then, game last night. I have taken credit for everything <laughs> he's done athletically. Gotcha. So baseball all-stars, football, anything Mason does, I always say it's because I planted the seed. I taught him what he needed to know in coach pitch baseball when he was eight years Did old. Did you also know that he should probably be a Miriam Knight owl? I'm pretty sure he lives up here around Matlock oh. somewhere. He's probably your neighbor, Andrew, and we don't even know it. Where does Miriam Knight get their kids? The woods. And apparently Monty steals them from there. Well, that's <laughs> not a new thing for Montesano. <laughs> We're off topic here, guys. <laughs> Are we? Of all the side tangents. <laughs> Mason like, Rasmussen let's, good. Let's not, let's yes. not get distracted. So I, yeah, I just I wanted to for... spend a little bit of time talking about Mason, and I have now done that. Yes. I've gushed about Mason. Uh, I believe that not only is he going to have a very successful year, as I mentioned, he's a junior. You've got another year of Mason to enjoy. 
Were you saying I'm, I was trying to see where you were going without directly asking, but I'm not sure. Were you saying the only player on the field that could have caught him was your son? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. I was actually going to ask if it was maybe Tucker Eaton because no. we had the conversation that given a longer distance <laughs> that Tucker may be able to catch Peyton. But with the 40, oh, yeah, that's, so that's why I was a little yeah. confused. At first, I was like, ah, bragging on his kid. And then I was like, or was he talking about another player? So No, you're, okay. I was 100% doing that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, we had him for seven <laughs> catches, 179 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. And that wasn't enough to get player of the game. Yeah. His dad actually well, mentioned that to me the, at the end of afterwards. I think the, who, who was player of the I game? think the official. Jackson Wilson. I think oh, the God. official stat line had him for 184, which gotcha. is. Gotcha. Like that's spot on. Like, yeah, it, there's always going to be a little bit of variable with stats. So exactly, Jackson Wilson. We had he was ten for nineteen, passing for two hundred and thirty nine yards, oh, two touchdowns. What two forty nine is the what the Daily stats, World? Yeah, yeah gotcha. Uh, and which I'm always confused about because official stats sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, that guy didn't have that touch, you know? And they're like, <laughs> no, he had this many yards. I'm like, I watched the game. Yeah. That was not the number of the person who made that catch. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, but he also had 43 yards rushing and a touchdown. 54. Did they take into account all the yards he had to eat for dropping on a fumble? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Ian usually doesn't miss rushing yards by 11 yards. Okay. Just, that's, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't. But Ian's usually really good. <laughs> we had this conversation in our group chat the other okay. day because, f- so for me, when but he I also had two interceptions defensively. When I worked for the Daily World and I was taught by Rick Anderson and Rob Burns how to keep stats, right? I was able to focus on keeping stats. I didn't have another job. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't commentating. I wasn't taking pictures. I kept my own stats, and I was taught in a way that I would 100% trust my stats over any other person. Exactly. Including the team statistician. Yes. But we are now in a place where the Daily World has one guy trying to do everything, including take photos. Yeah. He can't keep his own stats. Yep. So he goes to the team and he gets the stats direct from the team. So when I say, quote unquote, official stats, I'm just saying, like, that's what the team was that's able to provide him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I, that's why I'm always like, <sighs> I want to be able to think that they have those like lockdown, nail down really good. Yeah. But I have seen so many stats compared with Ian's, and he's usually dead right yeah. every time. And I'm so with you on that. Like, yeah. well, I've, I mean, there's times where carries have been attributed to the attributed to the wrong person. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I, I get it, and that's yeah. not a that's not a knock on any individual person who's keeping stats. Right. Like you guys are all doing a great job, but like some people that I've seen do a bad job. <laughs> Y'all, so you all are doing not, awesome. Not in Let's this, put it this way. I've been in the booth before when somebody keeping stats for one of the teams went, Who carried that ball? <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, You have one job to do. Kitty got a little warning snip. The from dog the grumpy did not doggy. like the that old kitten. grumpy dog. The old like grumpy the dog. Hey, you watch it. Don't be mean to Cucumber. Back to She's this game. <laughs> Back to this game. What are your thoughts about Aberdeen moving forward? Like, because this is this is how do we view both of these teams, right? Mm-hmm. So this was a show me game for Aberdeen. Okay, you've made all these improvements. Your program's back, strong and healthy. What 
you know, you're taking on a Montesano team that personally I feel like is built enough in most of their spots to make a deep playoff run. And I'll be surprised if not disappointed that barring significant injuries, they're in the last couple of weekends of the state tournament. That's what I feel about this team because their defense is so good. Mm -hmm. But if you're Aberdeen, like, or if you're viewing Montesano any less than that, then I guess where you see Aberdeen, if you're viewing Montesano like that type of team, what's that mean for Aberdeen's prospects in the two-way ranks? So it's, it's really interesting to see because this is the group of kids the last couple of years that everybody's like, this is the team that's going to go take down Tumwater. That's what the literally the wordage that I keep hearing is they're going to take down Tumwater. You got to beat the best team in your own county first, right? So I would say this about, and I have a lot of thoughts Maybe on Maybe Tumwater will have a down year. It's possible. <laughs> I, well, they lost. Didn't they lose again? Wait, that was WF West that lost to Ridgefield. Yeah. Which Ridgefield is just an explosion Ridge, of an great. area. Yeah. Like, that's so, nuts what they've, how they've grown. So I have a lot of thoughts on Aberdeen. Real quick on, be 4A next on this particular. And there's, dude, there's a lot of stuff going on with realignment. Like, yeah. you know, Rochester's getting set to move down. Eatonville's getting set to move up. Um, there's a lot of things that are going to be happening that <laughs> the leagues are going to look different Good. next year. Don't like so, him, Bill. Um, <laughs> and Rochester, does they belong in our league? So we have another team down next to I five that we can just beat up on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I say our league, like Hoke, we have in Monty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for Monty, they're ranked currently going. Yeah, they're they're currently ranked fourth in the AP poll. Okay, I think that might be a little high. But there's not much of an argument for them being ranked outside of eight. So the top two teams in 1A in Royal and Nooksack Valley are considered like a tier above the rest. Oh, Hoquiam travels to Nooksack. Nooksack, they're, I'm sorry, Daniel. That's going to be a rough day. <laughs> oh, man. Nooksack's really good. They beat Mountain View in week one, which is a really good team from a higher classification. Nooksack's like a three, four A school. Yeah, Nooksack's going to be really good. Yeah. Royal, obviously, also always really good. They're yeah. really good again this year. Yep. Shocker! There's an all red playing quarterback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lakeside Nine Mile Falls is ranked three. Right. They beat Linden Christian week one. Oh. So like, there are teams at the top who have really proven something significant, and then there's a big cluster of teams who people think are all really good. Mm-hmm in the four to eight range. Right. So Monty's in that group right now. According to the, Whoa, sorry. According to the AP rankings. Thank you for the music. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, Sorry if that blasted anyone's ears like it did mine. The, I am sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I opened a tab looking at Mountain View High School. That used to happen on the ESPN site Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, So remember that video I made? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was just like the whole thing was autoplay videos. Yes. It was really funny, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah. So, in 1A, I mean, there's a lot of cluster. Monty's going to be one of the best teams. That's not really the point I was trying to make. But I think if you're an Aberdeen fan and you're trying to, like, measure how right. good is this team that just beat us 38-7, to exactly. they are considered to be, like you said, deep run into the state tournament. Like, currently they're ranked four. They'd be in the semifinals. Right. So, 
This is a team that just demolished a team in your league. Right. Yeah. So I think this is a good team and you shouldn't feel bad about losing to them. There are some concerning things about the way that Aberdeen lost. And I will throw the disclaimer out at the beginning that I am not a high school football coach. Schematically, I'm not capable of being a high school football coach. Like those guys are, they, they look at and watch and do football at a a level that's above mine. Right. But I still watch it sometimes and think why you do like this. (laughs) Um, Why you do like you do. I watch NFL games and think that if I may be blunt, (laughs) right. Why did Aberdeen pass so much Mm -hmm. early in the game? Right. When like, I'll admit that the running game was a little, Sporadic, like it wasn't success- successful all the time, but there were successes in the run game in which establishing it could help you. Mm-hmm. Spreading the ball around to different ball carriers could help you. Marcus Hale had one carry. Yeah, I think he got twenty-two yards. He's really good. I I think that you know if if Aberdeen coaches are looking back on it, they probably think, all right, there's some things that we should have done differently there. Right. Your your quarterback, poor Grady Springer was under constant pressure yes, and got beaten to a pulp mm-hmm. because not only did he get sacked several times, you know, twice by <laughs> Peyton, uh, but also by Felix Romero on yeah. a sack fumble. Oh um, my another time by Camden Taylor. Dude, poor Grady on that sack fumble. Yeah. That's one of those where, like, from the press box, I almost pulled a U and said, get down! Yeah. But there's also sucked. several plays where he didn't get sacked, but he got annihilated. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Aberdeen was wearing that short slant thing that it worked when the linebackers blitzed and the safety didn't play it properly. Yeah. And that's how they scored their touchdown. Like, that was a good play. Adonis Hammonds made a good play. By the way, I'm going with Hammonds, even though it says Hammond in the program. Oh, see, it says, I think it says Hammonds with an S on my program. Okay, I had a program that had him as Hammond. Yeah, there's an S on the one that I have. Okay, so I'm not, po- but I'm not positive because I've also seen it both ways. It's on his Instagram. It's Hammonds. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I think I'm gonna he knows. go. I'm gonna say Adonis probably knows his last name. I think Adonis knows his. Last um, name. He made a couple of really nice plays. He's a good player, man, and a sophomore, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's some sophomores on this Aberdeen team that can do some things. Micah Schroeder. Gosh, I would have liked to see him get the ball a few more times. He's a stud too. I think. Uh, I I just wondered why. Aberdeen didn't try to use their big physical offensive front right and try to use some misdirection and move the ball on the ground more yeah maybe there's a good answer to that but the passing mostly didn't work and I'm not laying the blame for that on on Grady Springer right I'm saying that the way Montesano played it with their huge defensive line and a lot of blitzes and bringing a lot of pressure made it really difficult I generally speaking, the way a big strong team can get to Monty is by running at them, mm-hmm. right? And we've seen that from different levels back to 2012, right? Are you going back to Nolan Hoynes right now? I wasn't and starting that sentence. I wasn't going back to it, but you had a look and you had a look in your eye. By the time I finished it, <laughs> when I said 2012, yeah, that's because. 
generally it's the speed that is the driving force of Montesano's defense, right? And so if you try yeah. and go laterally, that's bad news. Why are you doing that? You're playing into their strength. Well, the the 2012 championship team for Montesano had a offensive lineman who weighed 139. Exactly. Yeah. So you would much rather think you run and run at them. I would think so. Yeah. That generally is the rule against Monty. Although, is it the rule this year against Monty when you look at three of their best defensive players yeah. are real big dudes on the line? Yeah. But then also, you're Aberdeen and you have three guys, guard, center guard, who almost make up a thousand pounds between the three of them if they don't make up a thousand pounds. So isn't that your strength too? And don't you want to use your strength? Like, so going into this game, I was hyping up that matchup. So I was hyping up that matchup when Aberdeen was still thumping Hoquam. I was like, yeah. oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for Cam Taylor, Tyler Johansson, and Gabe Bodwell to go up against Jabron and Paul and Big Roar. I was excited about it. And then it just seemed like they threw the ball a ton. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. I wanted to see like some battle in the trenches. And also I really like seeing Aiden run the ball. So well, uh, yeah, you know? and, and I think that also like the, it's possible cuz I think Aiden had like 14 or 15 carries. Yeah, and he had a pretty good game. He, he had, had 97. Yeah. We had him for 97 yards. It was 84 on the, in the in the newspaper. So what you're telling me is I wonder if they got that from Aberdeen's coaches. When you, if do you know if he gets the official stats from one set and goes with them or goes with both sets? I would assume he gets each team's stats from their different coaches, okay. like one from one staff, one from the other. Gotcha. Unless you have like a particularly uncooperative coach who doesn't want to communicate with you, which happens sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Um, but again, like right. eighty-four yards, ninety-seven yards. Right. I was pretty impressed with what Aiden was able to do because often he was just met immediately. There was a couple times where he had a good hole. Exactly. But often he was met immediately and still was able to make something happen. He's a good player. Yep. Like he, He's a good player. He's explosive. I think he impacted the game on the defensive side as well. Yeah. I mean, he may have saved a touchdown I on the Bodie's one play. Still when sore. I I would imagine so. Ugh. I've, ugh. Having, ugh. In case you missed it, uh, Bodie Poehler getting ready to catch a touchdown pass in the front corner of the end zone, and Aiden Watkins comes up from the backside and puts a – very vicious but perfectly legal football hit yes. on him, shoulder to the back, yeah. and breaks up a touchdown and also really hurts Bodie. <laughs> like, I'm not saying injured, but like, ow. Ow, yeah. And also, Aiden did something I really liked on that play, and I happened to be standing about 10 yards from where it happened. Bodie was a little slow to get up, yeah. but, you know, he did the tough guy thing of I'm fine. Yeah. And then Aiden ran up behind him and patted him on the back, and he's like, hey, man, are you okay? Mm. I heard him say it. Yeah. Like, those are the words. Hey, man, are you okay? And then, you know, Bodie's like, yeah, I'm good. And then we move on. Yeah. I, was, I thought it was great sportsmanship. I appreciated awesome. the fact that he did that because yeah. he recognized as a football player, I needed to do that in that moment. But also that probably hurt. Let me just yeah. check on this guy real quick. You know, just throwing this out there. <laughs> this was a player playing a frustrating game. Yeah. And he was having his team was having a rough time. And instead of cheap shotting somebody when they weren't looking, he made a completely legal hit and then also went over to check on the guy. He Just throwing that out there. He and didn't do the DK Metcalf. Yeah, and he's thing. not yeah. an adult. So, yeah. you know what? I think we can expect more out of DK Metcalf. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing that out there. So, when we talk about like 
I'm going to say quote unquote criticisms of the Aberdeen offensive game plan, because again, I'm going to qualify this by saying who knows, who knows? Yeah. There could be a very good reason for why they did what they did. And maybe if they ran more and spread the ball out more, that wouldn't have worked either. Yeah. But I do know that as I was watching the game, I was thinking, why did you pass there? Right. I do know that as I was watching the game, I was like, okay, something good happened on the ground. Why didn't you try to continue to establish it? Right. Now, that's not to say that they didn't find some success because their best plays did happen to be on that little slant play. I mean, you had the touchdown. You had Micah Schroeder's big play was also Mm -hmm. on a pass over the middle. Yeah. So maybe it was like, hey, Monty brings their linebackers constantly. We're going to just keep dumping it over the top of them. And hopefully it busts for a big one. Yeah. And ultimately, like like I'm saying, it didn't work. So, like, it's easy for us to sit here and say, like, hey, what you did didn't work. What could you have done differently? Monday morning quarterback. It's right? Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. And I'm guaranteeing you that they're having the same conversations with each other. Like, what could we have done differently to uh, have made know, this better? You know what's so interesting is how football game plans kind of, like, I just watched the replacements again. And it kind of brings <laughs> that up. Where the quicksand analogy, right? Where like something goes wrong and then another thing and then another. And the harder you fight, the faster you sink and you until you just can't breathe. Or sometimes you score an 80 yard touchdown. Yeah. You know what? That was not the team I was referring to was (laughs) in quicksand, Justin. Sorry. No, because one drive does not create quicksand. They fumbled once. Every drive creates quicksand. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a game like that, like Aberdeen was, man, it just felt like nothing yeah. can go right. We made a big play, penalty. We missed a tackle here, touchdown. You know, it was like thing after thing after thing just kept happening. And so many times we talk about game plans going into a football game. And then due to the circumstances of what's happening on the field, yeah. you look up after the game and you're like, well, crap, I was planning on Marcus Hale running the ball 15 times today. And we got mm-hmm. it to him once. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, so that happens sometimes in a football game where you you have the best laid plans going in. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in the moment making play calls of what you think is going to work best at that time. And then you look up in the fourth quarter and you're like, that's a kitten trying to knock down a TV. And that's not what you say. <laughs> but you, you That's a beautiful analogy. Yeah, <laughs> you look up at the end of the game and you're like, Ah, oh, crap. That's not what we were planning to do at all. Yeah. I think also, like, when that, we're, you know, we're we're having this conversation. Andrew, did you have something you wanted to I was to- just going to say that happens at the pro level. Like, yeah. y- there are so many times that you listen to, a, like, a Monday morning interview with Pete Carroll, and he's like, yeah, so uh, the the plan was to get so-and-so, like, Penny, the, the, the rock, more, but that we just, you know didn't happen penalties happened and that got we got away from us and that didn't happen it's it it, the plan you don't get a chance to implement the plan without input from the other the from the the actual happening in the game Mm. and uh as soon as something goes wrong the plan isn't perfect anymore i think also like it's an important distinction to make here that Last year, during football season, like one of the virals, not the right word, like one of the most watched segments that we ever did was talking about how sad we were for last year's Aberdeen seniors yeah. for not having the success that they were capable of. Right. And, you know, we, you and I both felt that it felt pretty strongly that much of that was because 
the adults that were around them didn't help them succeed. And I and again, I'll and say this. I'll, I said it then. I'll say it again now, so people don't understand. So people understand that I'm not just saying, "Wow, your coaches did a bad job." Right. I'm saying there was a lot of people around them, including administration, including a city official, right. who <laughs> the people who didn't get the field done. The on people time. who didn't get the field done, and then they had four injuries on the practice <laughs> on field, the garbage crap. Yeah, practice field. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm not it, my level of expectation for last year's team right was sky high. Because that senior class was loaded, and it was supposed to be combined with this year's senior class. Yeah. So you have great seniors, you have great juniors, and a, apparently a polar bear high packs. Yep. Uh, that that's a recipe for a deep state playoff run. Exactly. So that was what I expected. They yep. fell way short of the expectation. Yeah. So this year's team for Aberdeen, one junior who plays varsity. Oh boy. I, I want to say. So it's basically a team of seniors and sophomores. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't like, there's really good players on this team and that this, this senior class has really good players on it. Like we mentioned Watkins. Watkins is excellent. Yes. He, he impacts the play on both sides of the ball. You know, Paul Baltazar, uh, Jabron Brooks. Yeah, you're correct. Marcus Hale's the only junior. Everybody else is seniors and sophomores. So, you know, especially defensive anchors for Aberdeen in in these two huge guys they have, Jabron Brooks and Paul Baltazar, both really talented. Yep. My frustration last year was elevated because of what those guys could have been combined with the seniors from last year. Right. So this year, while I I fully believe that this team has very good high-end talent, I didn't have the same kind of elevated expectation that I had last year. Right. Because it was two, it was two exactly. really strong classes instead of one really strong class, it, kind it, of a gap, and then yes. another strong class in sophomores. But you got to remember, they're still sophomores. And we would have true, and we would have hoped that Jacob Bowers would be part of this class as well. Yes. But he missed all of last season with an injury, Gosh. and he's out this season as well with just, another knee injury. Just brutal. I can't imagine going through two rehab years in a yeah, row. No, that's insane. Yeah. Gosh. So yeah, obviously the, things have so not bad. fallen the way that we hoped they would for Aberdeen because right. as much as anybody might like to think that I don't want them to succeed, I really do. Like we, I we think I don't want do. them to succeed against Montesano. <laughs> but I, I love it when our local teams achieve at a high level. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> so we have we have an incredibly <laughs> difficult task ahead of us. Yes, we do. Because there's one individual performance for the spivey athlete of the week that is like you would almost think it's made up (laughs) but then we also don't like all we know basically is touchdowns like we don't have all the supplementary stats that that could possibly be available i know for xander jump from hoquiam right as he led his grizzlies over the fart vancouver crappers (laughs) by the way it's fort vancouver trappers that's not to me it's not (laughs) So this I, is I, a very local show. So <laughs> so there's an obvious nomination, which I will say did come in as an official nomination, but we would have made it anyway. Right? Is that Xander Jump, four rushing rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown, right. and a pick six in a fifty to twenty two win for Hoquiam. Yeah, and we do know couple of his stats because the Colombian had a very brief article. Yeah. But all it did was list the yards of his touchdown plays. Yeah. So he ran for at least 106 yards. Unless he got sacked. (laughs) 
That's a good point. It's like, I want to say, yes, he definitely rushed for 106 yards because it seems logical. Right. But maybe you're right. Maybe he yeah. didn't have any other positive rushes and he got sacked for a loss of seven yards. That seems unlikely. <laughs> it seems very unlikely. But it's possible. <laughs> and he also had a pick six yeah. as well. So Xander Jump, obviously, that's one nominee. Yep. Um, we had two from our our Montesano Aberdeen game. One of them is again very obvious. It's Jackson Wilson. Yeah. He passed for, according to the official stats from the team, which came in the Daily World, two hundred and forty nine yards passing and two touchdowns. He also rushed for fifty four yards and another score, which may not be enough on its own to get up into the class of Xander Jump. But Jackson Wilson also intercepted two passes in yes. the game. Yep. So he has that added defensive um, element to it. Yep. I also think it's not fair to put Jackson in there without also putting Mason. Because when... Ian had the same thought. Because I like yeah. ja- if you're looking at the all-around game, Jackson was great. Mm-hmm. Mason also had a very good defensive day. He mm-hmm. had a couple of tackles that were excellent. A, a couple that I've got good pictures of. Um, one poor Grady Springer looked like his soul left his body when when Mason took him down. I think that's another play. I got. I keep, every time you talk about some tackles, yeah, I can't get the tackle that Patrick Walsh had on Jackson out of my head. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've seen him do that three times now in two games. Yeah, we didn't mention Patrick yet. I'm glad that you brought him up because he hits hard. <laughs> It's so hard. If you listen to the oh uh, end to, by the way, if, if you're looking for something that's like a statewide high school football, if you're one of the crazy people who's interested in like football across the state in high school, yeah, there's a company called N2 Media who has all the socials. They do a um, weekly show that does predictions and stuff. And they actually had Aiden Watkins on their show last oh, nice. week. And he did a little interview and he actually revealed whether, I don't know if this was good or not, but he revealed that, Patrick actually got in trouble from the coaches saying, Hey, you're hitting guys too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if also he might've been trying doing a thing. Yeah. Like, Hey, Patrick hits so hard that my coaches told him you're, you're doing that too rough. Yeah. But yeah. So Patrick, you know, yeah. a lot of credit to Patrick for, for the physical defensive play. Right. So we have two from that money game between Mason and, and Jackson. And with Mason, he just represented so much of what Jackson did through the air. Yeah. And, the single most impressive play of the game, I think it's fair to say, on that screen yep. that he took 80 yards by just being faster than everyone on the field except for Peyton. And, uh, <laughs> he was playing offensive line. <laughs> it would be funny, though, if Peyton was just like, I'm going to just prove that I'm faster and just, and just go tackle chase him. him. Just down. chase him down and just tackle him. <laughs> just his DK teammate. Metcalf style except um, for his own team. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we also have Isaac McGaffey, who had a ridiculous amount of yards yeah. on not many receptions. It was 230 yards on five catches and two touchdowns. I, there's a disclaimer on that in the sense that Elma was losing 40 to nothing going into the fourth quarter, and all their touchdowns came in the fourth quarter. Gotcha. So I know that a lot of that happened in what we would consider garbage time. <laughs> yeah. But when I when I tell you that Isaac McGaffey is a legit athlete, like that's no joke. Like right. the kid's really good. He's only a sophomore. Well, He's about 6'3". You told me not to sleep on Mason Rasmussen. Yeah. And so I'm going to stay awake on the people you tell me about that now. Just Watch try. Isaac McGaffey. I will. Because he's good. We know about Carter Studer. Yes. Like, we know Studer's a good quarterback. We know he's going to get touchdowns. He got three this week. Yep. 
threw a couple picks in the game as well. But uh, Isaac McGaffey, that's a name to, to keep in your mind, not only for this year, but the next couple years as well. I think Valerie, I don't know if it's Echeveria or Echeveria. Yeah, I don't know either. So I apologize for saying your name wrong. But Valerie had a, a, a there was a five goal performance for Elma. She scored a hat trick and assisted on both of the other goals. It's, been, it's impressive. But then as I was looking at that, I was like, okay, well, Beta Valentine scored a hat trick in their other game this week. And both of the goals that Valerie assisted were scored by Beta. Yep. So you can't really go, you can't nominate <laughs> Valerie without nominating Beta as well. Exactly. And then rounding it out with Michael Garcia for the Grays Harbor goals. They probably should have named her Alpha. <laughs> Beta's short for something. Uh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember what it's short for, but I've seen the full name <laughs> okay. written out. But yeah, they should have named her Alpha. Except that the funny thing is, like, there's so many good... Pl- like, we mentioned Miley Seberg in passing. Yeah. She's really good. Yep. Like... Miley Seberg's going to score a hat trick at some point this season. Yeah. And she was like an afterthought in this particular local sports roundup. Yeah. Because Valerie and Beta, they just dominated the week. Yeah. And then we didn't even mention their goalie. Yeah. How do we not? I mean, Emmy hasn't graduated yet, right? (laughs) Right. Wait, did she graduate last year? No. Okay. Okay. She's still good. Okay. We're good. Okay. Thanks, Anna. I hate that I threw that to you so you could mention Emmy, and then you had a moment of panic where I saw the look in your eyes, and you were like, ah, oh, wait, wait. Which is funny, because when you were doing the recap, and I saw that there was a shutout, I was then looking for her name in the recap, and it wasn't there. And then I forgot about it. I couldn't remember if she graduated or not. Oh, good call. But now we know, because Hannah told us. (laughs) Thanks, Hannah. Our silent consultant over there. So we got a lot of really good candidates here. Yes. And you know where I'm going. I will Um, also say that... Um, that like there's a lot of good volleyball that happened. Yes, and there's a lot of good stats from volleyball. Yep. If we're going to name a volleyball person, player, coach, anyone, athlete of the week, um, I'm going to need someone to nominate someone specifically. Yeah. Because while I have covered volleyball and watched a lot of volleyball, I don't know the ins and outs of it well enough to know which of the stats is most impressive. So I'm going to throw this out there for anyone who is like, hey, volleyball needs to get somebody in there. I, I know yeah. what, how impressive soccer goals are, and I understand football really well. Yeah. If you, know, you have a volleyball player that you have watched or you know that did something really impressive, send us their stats. Yeah. Tell us that why they deserve to be Athlete of the Week. We'll throw them in the nominations as well. Just on my brief knowledge of volleyball, yeah. I w- if I'm going to see that, I'm going to need like at least 20 kills and some aces. Wow, you yeah. need aces, kills and aces. Aces are maybe tough. maybe just kills. Aces. Well, are that tough. one I, that one had like I was 10 gonna aces nominate Ace as a name for someone who gets a lot of kills because I figured that was like a more positive. <laughs> and then I realized that Ace was already a stat. So yeah, maybe we're. I guess we're back to serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good nickname for someone involved. Like that would have been the Jordan Spradlin nickname right <laughs> in the day. Right. Like that girl got a lot of kills. Oh, I guess yeah, you're right. Four aces was so. Caitlin well, Broadhead, an ace is when yeah. you score on a serve. Yeah, like that's tough. That is tough. But yeah, and then the kills. Yeah, I wanted. To, I want to see those kills. kills. Are the coolest part of the game? Yeah, you spike like, somebody in the face. No offense to the the liberos out there. 
because I know that digs and assists are your thing, but yeah. kills are the coolest part of the Ex- game. Exactly. Do you get a dig if it bounces off your face and then the uh, your teammates recover? Officially, and, yes. Officially, you get a dig. I mean, yeah. you should. I, w- I would give. You, did that happen right to you? Spot. Did it happen? <laughs> you said it with such confidence, like you were. There was going to be a story accompanying it. No, but I almost got hit in the face. I think it was the top of the head by our yeah. buddy Jake. He he's good at volleyball. Jake who? Royer. Oh, he smoked me in the head with a volleyball. Once. So Jake Royer tried to give you a concussion with a volleyball. Yeah, Jake Gwinnett. Ocean Shores. Jake Jake <laughs> Gwinnett did give me a concussion in a flag football game. Yeah, on purpose. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. It wasn't not on purpose. <laughs> so I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah. Hi, Jake. If you're, you know, watching or whatever. All right. I know where my nomination's going. Yeah. And I'm not afraid. To I also let know my Grizzly show. I also bit. know your where vote. your nomination is going. Yeah. Vote. And your vote. Is yeah, my there. vote. My vote. I know well, where my vote is going. Other people are nominating. You're right. I also need to I need to briefly explain something about this um, Aberdeen Monty matchup because this came up in our group text with Ian, right? Where he was like, "Why do people look at this as a rivalry?" Because Monty has won yeah. ten in a row, and the average yeah. margin of victory is thirty four points going yeah. into this one. It's not a rivalry, and I agree with that. This year, I think you and I hyped it up so much because these are the two best football teams in our area. Yes. And so we were very excited to see what was going to happen in this matchup. Yep. And for me, this is going to be a little self-indulgent. Shocker. So. (laughs) Weird. While Monty has dominated this matchup at least since 2012, I don't know why Ian didn't go back further than that. He said Aberdeen's 10-0 since 2012. That's when they started playing each other again. Okay, perfect. Because there was a long absence when they weren't the same where they didn't play each other okay right he's so right when he says it's not a rivalry the problem is this group of Montesano seniors and I'm going to apologize right now if I offend any of you this group of Montesano seniors apology not accepted has been spending their their youth and junior high and partial high school life getting their butts kicked by Aberdeen so As you don't proper. know that unless you're me like and and the self-indulgent part is like yeah. I coach those teams right like I coach those grade school football teams where I was watching Kyland Halstead run for six touchdowns in a sixth grade game oh there's a name that I wish was still around here and I also acknowledge that like the names have changed a little bit the yeah. core is the same yeah. some of the names have changed right but when I asked my son after this one, I was like, hey, take out last year's football game, varsity football game. When's the last time you remember a team you were on beating Aberdeen at something? And he said, seventh grade basketball, that's it. <laughs> so there's there's an additional additional amount of rivalry that has nothing to do with varsity sports. That makes sense. It's yeah. all about the kids in these age groups right. who have been playing sports against each other since they were eight years old That's good. or younger. Yeah. And the Aberdeen kids have dominated until they got to varsity football. So there's an element of rivalry that the public doesn't understand. Right. So while, while Ian's, his points were all fair. Yeah. 
this game meant more to me than almost any other game that I've watched my son play in varsity football. Because you've been watching your son play against Jabron. Yeah. Since and Jabron's been huge since sixth grade. I assume grade. since birth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and Peyton's been small since birth. And Peyton played tackle while Jabron was playing defensive end, and one play Jabron landed on top of him and I thought he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> because Although there's a, a big size disadvantage between those two now, it yeah. was worse when they were children. Yes. As, as <laughs> Which a is crazy before Peyton think. was allowed to lift weights. As a seventh grader, <laughs> Jabron Brooks accidentally threw me on my back. <laughs> yeah. Like that happened. And he was really apologetic. And I was like, you did awesome. Good job. I'm not actually an offensive lineman. <laughs> so the reason I set that up. Yeah. Is because when we do tiebreakers, we use escalators. Yes. And if we used Ian's argument, which again, I said is valid. Right. This is not a rivalry. There's no escalator involved. Right. There's an escalator involved for especially the seniors on this team. So when I'm like what Xander jumped in was amazing. Yeah. And I wish that we had more numbers. Right. And also like I picked against them this week because I know Fort Vancouver has been really bad. They won their opener against Vashon Island. The reason I picked Van- Fort Vancouver this week is because... Because you lack faith. Wait, Vashon Island lost too? Vashon Island lost to Fort Vancouver. Oh, man. In it's week just a one. great weekend to, for and, Kai. And when I watched the highlights, <laughs> Kai's I was from like... Vashon Island. So, oh, okay. So both Aberdeen and Vashon lost. <laughs> when I watched the highlights from that game, which I did because I'm a loser. Right. <laughs> I watched the highlights from that game trying to form my opinion on how good Fort Vancouver was, and I was like, man, their quarterback made some really nice plays. And they beat a team that was like eight and three the previous year. So like I went into that thinking, all right, well, I know Fort Vancouver's not amazing, but they're not gonna be terrible. And I picked them to win. I was wrong. Right. Hoquiam was better, and so I can't even say like, oh well, Xander Jump did all this, but he did it against a a, a Cheeks team. Yeah. He went and did it against a team that just won last week. Exactly. So Xander's accomplishment is great. But Xander's accomplishment doesn't have escalators. And Jackson's accomplishment has the escalator of the rivalry of the monkey that he's been trying to get off his back for a long time. Except for they got it off their back last year. But he wasn't the starting quarterback last year. He was the starting linebacker. He played Rover. Oh, would you stop differentiating between rover and linebacker? It's I don't like care a about linebacker corner hybrid. Rover is a so, linebacker. So it's a big nickel DB hybrid. <laughs> it's a super big nickel because there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a big dime and a big nickel. Yeah. No, I no, and and while I'm like, I can't do the thing where I <laughs> diminish anyone else's. Okay, something happened. Francis. Francis has an interesting point here. He says Justin was their coach when they were younger. Now it's Jensen. Can you spot the difference? Like a tremendous <laughs> amount of football knowledge. Yeah. Do you remember Daniel when the other week, the other week when you were questioning something about Coach Jensen, and I said you should just say, "Hey, Coach Jensen, you've been at this a long time, and you really know what you're doing," and then just stop. Yeah, that's because my level of reverence for this man and his football coaching ability is through the roof. Right. And I was a bad. Co- <laughs> I was a good coach, but I don't know football like those guys do. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's a difference between. Fine. A- you know what, Francis? <laughs> you want to pin the grade school football losses on me? Fine, I'll wear it. But so, Steve Bovey's gonna wear it with me. <laughs> so maybe Francis, this, Francis this- is also nominating Jane Roloff. Uh, she won her second consecutive Acosta Invite 5K. She would have been a medalist in the boys' race too, placing five fifth. <laughs> her time would have placed fifth in the boys' race. So that's just worth I- mentioning. <laughs> Had, Jane's amazing. He's awesome. I, there, I'm pretty, so I, the chances of a <laughs> cross country runner being athlete of the week before like districts is less than zero. <laughs> it's tough. And that's not a shot of Jane. She's awesome. I'm pretty sure that I saw her running. I, I was <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw her running. Stop. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Anywhere, everywhere, all the time. <laughs> I was I was running the uh, the chains at, or I was helping run the chains at the uh, the Miller Junior High football game versus Monica or versus Hoquiam in Hoquiam and there was a girl that was running around and around the track and I was like that's got to be Jane Rolla she doesn't stop running <laughs> it's got to be I also want to throw out there that I know we're going to choose athlete of the week here in a second but I neglected to mention Jeremy Sawyer last week and I'm not going to do oh, it again. Right. So Jeremy playing for the University of Puget Sound. He oh, is I got somebody mentioned too. Is in his freshman season. Right. And I know Trey Anderson's playing too. I don't have his stats. Or or really know much about how much he's playing for Cornell College. Right. But Jeremy started at fullback for UPS yesterday on Saturday, scored his first collegiate touchdown. And carried the ball eight times for 49 yards, which is a 6.1 yards per carry average. So I I would just want to throw that out there. Like, Jeremy, I know you have a lot more football ahead of you to play. He's only a freshman. He's got more years to go. That's awesome. And I I have so much confidence that he's going to be able to do some great things while he's at UPS. And this was just a little blip in the radar. But his first collegiate touchdown needs to be mentioned. Absolutely. Uh, This is not this player's first collegiate goal. Okay. But um football? Yeah, in football, uh-huh. uh Brooke Streeter is playing collegiately at Westminster University, which okay. I think is in Utah. Mm. Sounds like England. Idaho? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I used to know where it was. Now Liverpool, Liverpool anyway, and now Westminster. Um, We've got a bunch of England teams going on here. Yeah. Uh let's see. Shoot, should I hold this up to the microphone so you can hear the broadcaster's call of it? I or love should... that idea. Okay. And if it works out horribly, then that's just on brand for us. Okay, that's yeah. true. So it, they West, actually have a Westminster call on it. Westminster University in Salt Lake City? Salt Lake City. Salt okay. Lake okay. City, okay. Gotcha. England? Yeah, if it's the Griffins. Is it the Griffins? I, I'm not it's the sure. Griffin doors. <laughs> anyway, this is, it's a pretty cool call, because and it's a little longer than just her goal. Because she actually got like shoved down from behind, like right DK this. Metcalf style, D- probably. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, here's l- let's see if this works. Attempted by Streeter. Streeter appealing that she should get a penalty as she was shoved, but no, no call given, and the urge to hustle back or the Griffins, either coaching staff, stepping in and ice steal once again. Squared into the middle. Here's Streeter with a little instant redemption. And it ricochets off the goalkeeper. Streeter says, I was on the floor and I wanted a penalty, but I'll score one in the course of play instead. Knocked it home off the right upper shoulder of Sophia Garina. So I love that call. It was a pretty that guy cool did a call. Great job. Yeah, the guy did a great job because she just got knocked down. She got up, kind of protested a little bit. The play kept going. 
some one of her teammates stole it, got it right back to her, and she just owned it and knocked it in for a goal. So, and, and which of our local schools did she come from? Oh, Montesano. Money. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She okay. was a money girls soccer player, and now awesome. yeah, now she's doing great there. Good Recovering. Job, this is her first season after a torn ACL. Okay. Too. So a bit of a comeback for her too. So yeah, really cool. Um, I work with her dad, so every now and then I get updates. Love that. Yeah. So we have to name an athlete of the week. Yeah, I mean, you keep saying it like there's a question. <laughs> I we're gonna need a we're gonna need a vote or so we have two. We options are here. we're gonna have two options. We're gonna need a vote. We have two options. <laughs> we vote, or you get one and I get one. <laughs> what? Are you high? Not currently, <laughs> dude. <laughs> So you're using, remember, yeah. to start this argument, you said we use ex escalators as tiebreakers. Right. You're using escalators to get a guy into the conversation. No, Jackson had two interceptions. Xander only had one. Yeah, Xander took his to the house. We, we have no idea how many passing yards he had. He had six touchdowns. Jackson had 249 yards. Xander had six <laughs> touchdowns. Six well, touchdowns Xander was playing against the unfair. Crappers, and Jackson was playing against the other best team that we have in our area. Xander had six touchdowns. And uh, in a rivalry game, which I have now established as a rivalry game. <laughs> See my previous argument. It's a what? Remember, you said Jackson got the monkey off his back, but then what we then heard was you and Steve got your mo the monkeys off your backs. Yeah. Well, not Steve because his son accurate. doesn't play football anymore. Yeah. Just me. <laughs> I said it was self indulgent. I said it off the bat. Can't hold that against me. It's had, in the Geneva Convention. He had six touchdowns. Six, six, that's six touchdowns. So many, that's, that's more so than many most touchdowns. Teams get ever in a game. <laughs> Right? Six touchdowns against a team called the Crappers. <laughs> is little did I know I, that when I made up that nickname, it would come. I've to, weaponized come, it. Come back to bite me. Yes, I've weaponized it. And 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 like I'm filibustering a little bit here because I sent a text to okay. JMac asking for Xander's st stat line. Okay. Good luck. So I'm just gonna keep. I'll be here all night. I'm just gonna filibuster. <laughs> just keep talking. <laughs> so anyway, we have we have two options. <laughs> The option is, I have a vote, you have a vote, we both know what each other's votes are. So, I did not think I knew what your vote was. You know it now. I, you're and crazy. And so I cast the tiebreaker? I think you're crazy, because you picked someone who scored six touchdowns against a team whose name swirls down a toilet. <laughs> six touchdowns. Six. I also think it's like it's fair to point out it's that like what Jackson did in Friday's game was pretty awesome. It, I'm not saying it, it wasn't. It, was, it, it was it was awesome. He and was I watched it with game. my eyes. He was player of the game. How do I know Xander even actually scored all those if touchdowns? They could have given the jersey to like five different people. If you I didn't score six touchdowns against no defense at all, that's impressive. I mean, how many six times six, man? That's how many points he scored by himself. <laughs> Gosh, I was so confused about what you were saying. I only know how to do Monty math. He scored and 36 points by himself. In Monty, we do multiplication by seven. Justin. So I only know what seven times everything is. He, Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, Hokuim and Aberdeen that, don't usually have kickers. Give me a seven, though. Give me a seven. Seven times Justin's what? Ever seven said. times ten? Seventy. <laughs> what about seven times six? 42. Yeah, that one's always the tricky 42. one, 42. Right? 
scored 36 points by himself. He would have lost to Monty 38 to 30 to 36 just by himself. Yeah, he would have lost to Monty. Who also had Gabe Bodwell <laughs> score two touchdowns. What happened when Xander Jump played against the team that Jackson Wilson just throttled? He got beat. Yeah. 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 But he was by himself. I didn't want to say that out loud, and you made me say it because I wasn't going to do the thing where I say something bad about Xander because he had an amazing game. But Xander Jump did not have 249 passing yards and that two we touchdowns. know of. I'm saying against Aberdeen. Against Aberdeen, no, the he same did team. not. The same so team. you're saying that if Xander wasn't playing Jackson Wilson's position on the same team, that he wouldn't have done what he, Jackson Wilson did? Run that by me again. You're saying that if I took Jackson Wilson off yeah. of the Montesano Bulldogs yeah. and I put Xander Wilson on the Montesano Bulldogs. There's a Xander Wilson? Z- sorry, Xander Jump. <laughs> That's what you're telling me right I know now. that we have a sample size of we have, both of these quarterbacks playing play, against Aberdeen. They, and one and of them. With different teams. One convincingly. Well, did they it, have different teams. Did the teams help Jackson get those interceptions? I Probably. Don't think so. And Peyton Domashevitz forced one of them. That was Gabriel Pahala's interception, <laughs> which I already took half of. I was listening to the radio, and I heard Peyton Domashevitz get an interception. So Did I say that? No, oh, okay. Ian did. Okay. And he corrected himself <laughs> right. immediately. Oh. But I was like, nope, I'm crediting Peyton. Your argument is invalid. Your argument's invalid. <laughs> Okay, I'm saying that Xander Jumps should be the Athlete of the Week. So do we each get one, or is Andrew breaking the tie? Because I'm actually fine with either of those. Because if we do this democratically, and Andrew always sides with you. So I'm okay with... I don't know about that. Usually, okay. the reason, the only reason why I'm arguing with you still, yeah. instead of just picking that option, is because I'm nervous that Andrew's going to pick some rando Aberdeen person that we haven't even <laughs> talked about. So I already And checked. then we'll all have an Athlete of the Week. Aiden Watkins. I already checked to see if there were any nominations. See? from Aberdeen. <laughs> See? <laughs> but no, I I agree with Daniel. The, okay. I, so that we need to just each have our own then. Because <laughs> <laughs> as, as impressive as Jackson. I'm sorry. I'm, as, as impressive as Jackson was Xander took an op- like he was he had an opportunity against a team that clearly was not up to it, but he took absolute advantage of it. And I feel like maybe a little bit of an escalator is when a team that doesn't have huge expectations has a player that performs really well. We need to recognize that. It's a stupid escalator. I like that escalator. (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs) As a perennial fan of teams with low expectations. Okay. Hold on. 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 He's a Beaver fan. Beavers are going to win it all. No, I am. They perennially have no expectations. Andrew has broken the tie, and I am very comfortable with naming our athlete of the week. And I feel bad now because I just had to, like, (laughs) we just had to argue against two kids. Like, that's what you made this. I did that? You did that. I did that. You made us argue about two awesome performances. Now Jackson doesn't like me. He probably won't play wiffle ball with us next year. Jackson loves... Well, he might hit you. Oh, yeah. Jackson loves everyone. He will (laughs) smile at you and shake your hand when he sees you because that's the kind of kid he is. Gotcha. Well... That just makes Daniel feel worse. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention something after the show. I don't want to say it on the air, but I feel Uh-oh, like. Oh, what did Jackson do? No, Jackson didn't do anything. Oh shoot, that did sound weird. Jackson didn't do anything. I was gonna say that 
Camden Taylor also smiles at me and shakes my hand, and yet I still have this sneaking suspicion that he kind of just wants to punch me. Just, I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's just really I, big and scary. I've known Camden for a really long time. Yeah. Don't turn your back on him. <laughs> like, he will seem like the nicest, most docile person that you've ever met. Camden wouldn't but, do it to my back. He's not DK Metcalf. <laughs> Camden... Camden will not wait till your back is turned. He's fine going face to face, but he's going to do it when no one else is around. Oh, there you go. Everyone because he doesn't want to get caught. Right. That checks so. out. And, if, and once he hits you, you aren't going to catch him. <laughs> no, I'll be incapacitated. <laughs> All right. So Andrew and I both vote for Xander Jump, who is our Spivey Realty Group Athlete of the Week. We are, again, so grateful for... Their sponsorship, we haven't mentioned them yet. They are sponsoring our Athlete of the Week. And so Xander Jump is the Spivey Realty Group Athlete of the Week. We are so excited about that sponsorship. And for Xander, I'm sorry, your high school career has now peaked. Yeah. yeah that's what happens when you win the award, unless you win it again. The only way to make Xander, would you like plateau to... is to win again. Xander, <laughs> since you, you've you've now understood the repercussions of this, if yeah. you want to give it back, you can give the award back, <laughs> and we'll just give it to Jackson. And honorable so. mention goes to multiple different people. Yeah, we got a bunch. Jackson Wilson included. Good for stuff. And, and really... Mason. I would have, I would have like, ideally, if this was my own week and you weren't here, yeah. I would have... <laughs> I would have done dual athletes of the week with Jackson and Mason. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing that you're here. So congratulations to Xander. That brings the conclusion of our show. Again, thank you to our sponsors, the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz and Spivey Realty Group. So for my co-host, Justin Am I like this all the time, Domashevitz? And my co-host, Daniel. I only root for teams with low expectations, Hargrove. <laughs> and our trusty producer, yeah. Andrew, the tiebreaker, who got this one wrong. Gross. Right. He got it right. <laughs> Happy birthday, Deanna. You've been listening to The Scrimmage. Congratulations, Sander.